and welcome to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I am your host, Emily Moshak, and I am joined in studio by my co-host. Howdy, howdy. I'm J.D. Layton. And our two lovely local reporters. I'm Mia Sawaya. And I'm Katie Otter. And if you don't know, which we would hope you know, unless you're living under a rock, but it's, today is election day. Yeah. What? I know. I didn't know that. I know. Well, Thanks now you know. Thanks for letting me know. Of Thanks course. Rocky you Mountain could Review. Climb out from under your rock to find out. Yes. Today is election day, and we will be having a lot of great midterm election coverage here for you, which we are excited to share. But in our ever unbiased journalism pursuits, we do want to let you know that all of the opinions expressed today on the show are those of the people and not ours. <laughs> Yes. But yes, thank you, Katie. But with that said, we do have a special guest today, Tony Galliardi from the National Federation of Independent Business, and he is the state director of the NFIB. How are you today, Tony? I'm well. Doing thank well. Thank you for asking, Emily. Of course. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. Thank you. It's an honor. Awesome. And can you explain for those who aren't aware what the NFIB is and what they do? Sure. I'd, I'd love to maybe give uh, just when we started. Uh, we started back in 1943. We were founded actually in San Mateo, California. Now we're headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee, and there's an NFIB office in every state, including Washington, D.C. And we today we're proudly representing over 350,000 businesses across the country. Our members come from every sector imaginable in the economy, in every industry. Uh, NFIB represents small and independent businesses. If you're publicly traded, you're not eligible for membership in NFIB. And as a nonprofit association, the mission of NFIB is simply to protect your right to own, operate, and grow your small business. All right. And uh, from an NFIB perspective, what are your thoughts on today's election? Well, it's, it's, elections are always exciting. <laughs> they, they really are because uh, they're unpredictable. They really are. You have all this polling going on. Uh, polling hasn't been the same really since about 2008 uh, because of all the variables in there now. Everybody today has a cell phone, and many polls today are being taken relying on cell phones. And in our opinion, and in my opinion, it, it tends to skew the poll a little bit because you're uh, segmenting out a specific age group, uh, more prone to have a cell phone versus uh, be more accustomed to answering the landline. Um, so there's a lot of variables today that we didn't have years, years ago. So as I said, it makes things very unpredictable. Um, and today uh, there's some races we're watching very closely that the polling is showing uh, possibly trending one way and boots on the ground are, are indicating it's going entirely opposite. Mm -hmm. How do you feel specifically about Colorado's election and the two candidates for governor? Uh, the two candidates for governor, um, you know, they give a clear choice. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> they are, are very different, um, uh, very different uh, philosophies, uh, philosophical differences. 
Um, uh, Congressman Polis, you know, has served in Congress. Um, uh, Walker Stapleton has been our state's um, uh, treasurer. And uh, they, they have different, uh, totally different opinions. So whoever wins, it's, it's going to make for a very interesting uh, legislative agenda. Mm-hmm. And the NFIP endorses Walker Stapleton, is that correct? We, we did endorse Walker uh, Stapleton, and we, do that, we did that on um, his background, along with Congressman Polis. Uh, we judge candidates. Uh, we try to judge as equally as possible. Um, the uh, Congressman Polis, you know, we do how we hold elected officials accountable is through an NFIB voting record. And we produce those at both the state level and the congressional level. And since Congressman Polis uh, was elected to Congress, unfortunately, his, his voting record uh, in the first, uh, his first session was 7% uh, with NFIB, and um, his last uh, record was 0%. And uh, to be eligible for endorsement, one must have a 70% voting record. Uh, with us. Uh, Mr. Stapleton, uh, in speaking with him, and uh, he's very attuned to the needs of small business. And um, so uh, it was decided that uh, he would best serve the needs, and, and so we endorsed uh, Walker Stapleton. Now, what exactly is the NFIB's voter record? Can you explain that? Sure, I'd love to, and thanks for asking. It's a great question because it's really what sets us apart from like Chambers of Commerce and other business associations. In fact, NFIB was the first membership organization to actually go out and survey the members to find out what their real concerns are and what they thought a legislative agenda should should be. So. I, every year, I do a state member ballot uh, with different issues, and the membership ranks those. So then that carries over to our legislative agenda in the state legislature. There will be bills that will be of such key interest to NFIB. We will score the legislators on the way they vote on those bills. And then at the end of the two-year General Assembly session, which is a full um, uh, session, we compile a scorecard. And so all 100 legislators are judged on the exact same bills and um, and the final vote. And, and then the scorecard is produced and uh, that is sent out to our, our membership. And uh, that's how we rank them. And as I said, one needs at least a 70% voting record uh, to be considered for in endorsement. Now, at a 70%, just because you have it break that threshold does not mean you automatically get endorsed, but you are eligible for endorsement. Okay, thank you. Can you go over a little bit about which amendments that are on the election ballot today NFIB sure. is supporting, um, specifically with Proposition 112, since that has been a big topic of discussion here on the Colorado State campus. Uh, and that has been a big, really, Emily, that has been a huge discussion statewide. Uh, 112, uh, we did, um, 
we surveyed our members, and because of the possible ramifications on small businesses in rural areas and uh, all, all over uh, the state of Colorado, uh, it was decided to oppose 112. And the reason being, and as I said, small business themselves would suffer. For instance, um, if there's a, let's say in Well County, you the majority of businesses in Well County are small businesses. You have dry cleaners, you have liquor stores, you have mom and pop restaurants and drive-ins and um, uh, those types of services. And should 112 pass and you have a 2,500 foot setback uh, for any new oil and gas uh, operations, that shuts down about 85% of the available uh, uh, development space in the state. And in Well County, it would be devastating to local small businesses because uh, that setback and the drop off in revenues uh, would have an impact uh, because of a job loss. You'd have, it's estimated that uh, should 112 pass, we could have a 42,000 uh, uh, 42, jobs loss in the first year. That would also carry over to affect your local businesses uh, simply because there would not be the discretionary income that there is today. So mm -hmm. that is why NFIB uh, opposes 112. Gotcha. Well, thank you so much, Tony. We really appreciate you being able to come on the show and share your knowledge and the NFIB's views with us. Well, I, I appreciate the invitation, and I hope you invite me back sometime. Definitely, of course. Thank you so much. Again, listeners, that was Tony Gagliardi, the Colorado State Director of the National Federation of Independent Business. Thank you again so much for being here, Tony. Thank you, Emily. And with that, we kind of wanted to provide a perspective on both sides of the aisle. Right. Definitely. So while Tony definitely supports Walker Stapleton's ideals with small business, and he opposes what Proposition 112 can do to one to a small business, we also wanted to get the other side from a Polis supporter and from a Proposition 112 supporter. So earlier today, we spoke with Gina McCracken, who is the Deputy Director of Environmental Affairs with ASCSU, which is CSU Student Government, and she is also an ambassador with the CSU Energy Institute, and she spoke to us a little bit about her support for Polis and Proposition 112. I'm a uh, senior here at CSU studying human dimensions of natural resources. Um, I'm originally from Michigan, and my passions kind of started seeing the whole uh, Flint water scandal play out, and um, I got really into environmental justice. Um, from there, I started to do more research on the animal agriculture industry um, and just became really passionate about all these environmental injustices that were occurring um, and how impactful it was to make individual choices um, in our daily lives to help lessen that impact on the environment. And so that's kind of what brought me here to Warner College. Um, and I plan to do a master's, uh, hopefully with CSU, uh, looking at environmental policy. And that's kind of the direction that I want to go in. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So with the election today, how are you going to be voting? So, I mean, I'll be voting mostly Democrat, if that's what you're asking. Um, and it's unfortunate that, uh, environment falls under party lines. That shouldn't be the case. This is something that affects us all. But 
that's the unfortunate circumstances that some of these politicians are only going to support the environment if uh, they're Democrats or liberals. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as uh, propositions like Prop 112 go, um, I will be voting yes on Prop 112. And what Prop 112 is doing is it's asking that oil and gas development cannot occur within 2,500 feet of uh, schools and residential areas. Um, And that's to protect drinking water because there have been a lot of cases of contamination and to just protect the environment in the area. Also, um, there was just an explosion over in Windsor, Colorado, an oil and gas area lit up on fire. So just (laughs) there's a lot of danger when you um, have these wells so close to these residential areas. Um, It's important that when we look into the future um, and how we can phase out oil and gas, um, we need to start setting stricter restrictions um, in our communities Mm -hmm. um, to keep people safe and to uh, keep the environment safe. What would you say to people who argue that this is going to hurt jobs in Colorado? I totally get that argument, and it is valid. Um, If you look at the current economic downfall when it comes to if Prop 112 goes through, there would be no immediate effect um, because it wouldn't take out development that's already in place. It would just impact uh, current or future development, I mean. Um, So, yeah, in the future, we would be receiving less money from the oil and gas industry, But if you look at the most recent IPCC report, um, for those that don't know, that's the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. They released a report with like 50 of the uh, most advanced uh, climate scientists from around the world. Um, And we have 12 years to phase this out and get it under control before we see catastrophic impacts. Um, And we're already seeing impacts in terms of resource wars and things like that. So I understand it is a it is a relevant argument to say that jobs will be lost. But you know what? We need to work together as a state and as a country to create solar jobs, wind jobs, uh, renewable energy jobs to replace those oil and gas jobs. And it is doable. So that's that's what I have to say to that. Is Proposition 112 probably the biggest environmental impact amendment on the ballot right now? Or are there others that are? Yeah. So that seems to be the biggest. There are others um, in regarding infrastructure so like i-25 expansion of i-25 and those are inevitable we're seeing so much growth out here in the front range so we do need to uh, develop in that sense but um in terms of the environment this is the biggest and most controversial Um, we're seeing a lot of pushback from the oil and gas industry um you know there's signs all over people's lawns um (laughs) there's actually uh currently commercials being aired on tv um, from the oil and gas industry trying to push this back. But we clearly have a good amount of support. We got the amount of signatures that were needed to get an amendment on the ballot. Um, so I think I think there's a good chance. I'm really excited to see what the turnout is in terms of uh, whether or not it goes through. Mm-hmm. And you'll be voting for Jared Polis for governor then, yeah? Yes, I voted for Jared Polis for governor. Um, he was the only candidate, um, in terms of the Democrats even, who committed to 100% renewable energy by 2040. Um, it's a bold commitment and uh, in debates he's been, you know, kind of pressured, like, how are you going to do that? Um, but every everything that I've heard him say adds up. And like I just mentioned earlier, we don't have an option. We need to take really bold economic risks to, you know, if, if we invest in this now later in life, it will cost us less money if we just make the investments now and make those job transitions now. So I think that it's worth the investment um, and worth the economic hit to phase out oil and gas and to um, invest in environmentally friendly infrastructure, um, fleet, like buses and stuff. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate all the opinions of the students here at KCSU. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add? Just get your butt out there and vote. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. That was Gina McCracken, who is the Deputy Director of Environmental Affairs with ASCSU, our student government, talking a little bit about why she supports Jared Polis for governor and Proposition 112. And before that, if you didn't hear, we spoke to Tony Galliardi of the National Federation of Independent Businesses, who talked about why his federation endorses Walker Stapleton for the governor position and why he opposes 112. And once again, we just want to emphasize that we're just trying to showcase different viewpoints rather than pushing a political opinion. We're here to deliver the news and what people think rather than what you should think. Exactly. Definitely. So these are just the opinions of the public that we want to showcase. And if you have your own opinion on this election that you would like to showcase, feel free to give us a call or send us a text at 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-5278. And we would be happy to hear your opinion. And just a little KCSU side note, that's also the number you can call if you'd like to donate for the DJ-a-thon, which is our fundraiser going on right now. It's at KCSU. true. If you, loving, if you love getting local news like the Rocky Mountain Review, we always need your help and support to keep things like this funding. We are a nonprofit, so every little donation helps improve the quality and content that we can deliver. It Def- helps keep us on air. Definitely. Thank you for listening with us. We're going to take a quick break, but stick around because we have more election coverage coming up for you only here on The Review on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I am your host, Emily Moshak, and I am joined in studio by my co-host. I am J.D. Layton. And we also have here our lovely local reporters. I'm Mia Sawayo. And I'm Katie Otter. We are here today covering the Colorado midterm elections, which are happening right now. And Mia is here with information on Jared Polis. The Democratic candidate for governor of Colorado is Jared Polis. Polis claims he will help strengthen Colorado's economy by raising the minimum wage, providing paid family medical leave, and enforcing businesses to share profits with employees. His goal is to form an economy that, quote, works for everybody, not just those at the top. According to his website, polisforcolorado.com. Polis believes companies should give employees more access to stock options so the employees can benefit more from the company's success. He also wants to introduce new industries to Colorado so coal miners can, tr- can transition to different jobs. He is for Proposition 112, which will set a minimum distance of 2,500 feet for fracking operations near residential and schooling areas. Polis claims he will get Colorado to run completely on renewable energy by 2040. He plans to do this by helping current miners transition to more green jobs and says this transition will create over 49,000 construction jobs for windmills and other structures. In terms of education, Polis says he will, quote, provide free full-day free full-day preschool and kindergarten to every community in Fort Collins. He says college has become an unaccept- has become unacceptably expensive and will try to lower book costs and make three-year degree programs possible to save students money. Polis also believes more needs to be done to reduce gun violence. He specifically wants to close loopholes in background checks so that responsible gov- gun owners are not punished. He plans to ban manufacturing and, s- and selling of bump stocks. He will also use part of the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment's funds to conduct research regarding gun violence. 
All right, and the Republican candidate for governor of Colorado is Walker Stapleton. Stapleton claims that, quote, small businesses are driving are the driving force behind Colorado's economy and says he will focus on lowering the unemployment rate throughout the state. In terms of the environment, Stapleton says he will focus on improving water conservation and storage structures. He sees agricultural technology advancements as another way to conserve water. Stapleton also thinks Proposition 112 should pass to prevent fracking from being too close to residential and schooling areas. He believes oil and gas industries provide stable jobs for Coloradoans and that excessively regulating these industries hurts jobs. Stapleton supports charter schools and offering people different schooling options. He also says that teachers should be paid more so the quality of education in Colorado is high. Stapleton also says a tax holiday during the back-to-school period will help parents save money. Stapleton is a strong supporter of the Second Amendment and says he will, quote, protect the rights of law-abiding gun owners, according to his website, stapletonforcolorado.com. He says he will limit gun control laws to prevent other, quote, job creators like Magpul to flee our state. Magpul is a company that that produces firearms, which left Colorado in 2016. Stapleton says that a single-payer health care program controlled by the government will increase taxes and give people less options for providers. He says he will focus on reducing health care costs by improving the delivery of health care, which will make it more accessible. He also says preventable measures like a healthy lifestyle and monitoring health conditions before they get out of control can help save health care costs. There are also a lot of important amendments on the ballot today, aside from those just running for governor. And be sure to make an informed decision when voting on them by checking out the voter guides that were mailed to you with your ballot. Or you can grab one from the voting tables, which if you're on the CSU campus, we have out on the Lori Student Center Plaza right now. And you can also get one when you go and vote. If you are on campus, you can vote in the LSC ballroom. Mm -hmm. However, since you're here with us, here is a quick rundown on some of the more controversial and talked about measures that are on the ballot. The first is Proposition 112, which we've been discussing a lot already on the show today. It proposes that any new oil and gas developments be within 2,500 feet or more from homes, schools, and other, quote, vulnerable areas, which means anything from public parks to rivers, lakes, things like that. Supporters say that Proposition 112 will protect public health and safety, as well as the environment, while opponents say that the measure will hurt Colorado's economy and wipe out thousands of jobs. Amendment 74 is next, and it is closely related to Proposition 112. Amendment 74 would ensure that property owners are compensated for any reductions in their property value that are caused by state laws. Supporters say that the measure would protect farmers and other landowners from the economic impacts Proposition 112 could possibly have. Opponents say that the measure is too vague and would allow for unnecessary lawsuits against the state government. Another measure drawing a lot of attention this semester is Colorado Amendment A, which would remove the part of the Constitution that says slavery is still an okay punishment for a crime. Supporters say this would help to abolish the notion of slavery once and for all in Colorado, while opponents say the measure is redundant and really just a word change since slavery is already illegal regardless. And we honestly wanted to know what people were thinking while they were voting. So 
I went out there, started asking some questions just to see what's on our mind. Every first Tuesday of November, Americans turn out to vote. And Colorado is no different. We at the Rocky Mountain Review wanted to see what issues Coloradans were most interested in while casting their ballot. This year, what was the most important thing to you on the Um, I think the governor's race. Um, I was looking at their different platforms last night, and it just seems like they all have different ideas of what the state of Colorado needs. Um, so I'm definitely most interested in that one. I think 112 is pretty important. Would you explain why uh, you think 112 is important? I think Colorado depends a lot on our um, oil and natural gas, and 112 uh, really limits it. And if we... Uh, past 112 then really causing a lot of issues. Um, I think a lot of the um, amendment stuff with all the rights that have to be going on, including the things with taxes for education and for infrastructure, as well as a bunch of the other candidates on the list, because it is going to be a very big election and they say that this could um, cause a lot of issues with it being like one of the biggest elections that could affect the next decade. So I think that's really big. The main issue that I'm <clears throat> here to vote for is uh, Prop 112. So that's kind of my main deal. Uh, but yeah, as far as other issues, I, I'll i be honest, I'm not as well informed as I should be. I'm in sales and I sell uh, like trailers and kind of in the uh, I don't know, blue collar industry and <clears throat> with just what they're proposing with the wells. Um, It'd probably kill a lot of business in Colorado um, and kind of set us back economically. So, uh, yeah, I just have a lot of people in that world, and I'm in it myself, that would be affected by 112. Yeah, so do you think that this midterm election cycle is more important than other midterm election cycles? Well, yeah, I think a lot of the, vote, the, a lot of the people that we elect have a big stand on what the presidential vote is, with the electoral college and all those kind of things. And I think it's also just important with all the positions that are available this year. There's a lot of them on the ballot, so I think it's important to know what's going on and understand what they are and have an educated guess on what you think would be the best position for the state and for the country. It definitely feels like it. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it does, yeah. My understanding, it's a, it's a very, very crucial vote, I think. Um, I've read some, some media that says it's one way or the other. It's, it's uh, going to tip the scales. For the Rocky Mountain Review, I'm J.D. Lee. And that was some coverage outside of the voting right here on CSU's campus here on the Rocky Mountain Review. That's correct, J.D.? I know. It's uh, very fortunate for us because all we had to do was walk up the stairs. And we could sort of see what everybody was thinking. And it was... Honestly, I was I was pleasantly surprised with the voter turnout. You know, it's a midterm election. You wouldn't expect a ton of people to show up. And lo and behold, the line goes out from the polling center all the way around and down the hallway. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. Yeah, it definitely is um, really exciting to see everyone here at Colorado State getting out there and casting their vote, especially because typically millennials and college students aren't that interested in voting like it's not really on their radar so it's kind of cool to see that people are really taking it to heart this year 
Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't even just like millennials. It was it was the community around us too, which was really nice to see. Oh sort yeah, of everybody coming together in this nice little area and, and and deciding on the future of Colorado. Yeah, that is really really cool. Were some of the people you talked to were they mostly college students or were there? Did you talk to any adults that were there? Uh, I talked to a, a, a couple. One of them was a, a professional sort of. Uh, concerned with how uh, some of the amendments might in, in affect his business and things mm-hmm. like that, as well as there were some grad students and things like that that I, I talked to as well. Definitely. Well, if you would like to hear some of those thoughts again or the interviews that we had talking with Stapleton supporters and Polis supporters, make sure to check out the podcast of this. That will be up on KCSUFM.com very, very shortly. And if you would like to give us your own opinions on this election and your thoughts, give us a call at 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-KCSU. We would love to hear your opinions. You can also send us a text. And on top of your opinions, if you'd like to give us something, even a little extra, a little dollar or two, for our DJathon fundraiser that is currently happening all week, you can go to kcsufm.com slash donate. And if you do that, you will get a link to our exclusive download for our in-studio CD that you can only get here on KCSU. First of its kind, and I'll tell you what, it is pretty darn tootin' good. It is. I've been enjoying it. I have been. We've been spinning it here on KCSU, so if you're listening, you've probably heard it, and you can get the whole thing if you just click that little donate button. Even for just a penny. Every dollar helps. Every dollar. consider donating. Please. Please. Donate. That's number one. Donate to KCSU. Notice how there's no commercials. Yeah. On this Rocky Mountain That's true. That is very true. There really isn't. Want to keep it that way? Send us some dough. There we go. Thank you. Thank you, local reporter Katie. (laughs) You're welcome. I can hear, like, in the arms of an angel playing in the background. Playing in my head right now. I know, like the sad puppy commercials. (laughs) We appreciate it. Oh, no, JD. Oh, (laughs) no. But, yes, we love you, KCSU listeners. We are so glad you're here. And if you'd like to make just a little bit more of a difference with your listenership, please consider donating for the KCSU DJ-a-thon. And to make a difference in Colorado, go vote. You have all of today, I think, until 7-ish. So Two and a half more hours. Two and a half more hours. Get your butt out there. register and vote today. Yes. So... Just do it. Just do it. Get out there. Vote. It makes a big difference. We're going to take a quick break here, but stay tuned because we've got national stories, local stories, and a very, very special music review by our own reporter, Mia Sawaya, coming up next. Only here on the Rocky Mountain Review, you're listening to 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I am your host, Emily Moshak, joined in studio by my co-host. I'm a J.D. Layton. And our fantastic local reporters. I'm Mia Sawaya. And I'm Katie Otter. If you've been with us this whole show, then you'll know that we have been covering the election going on today. And it is important that you get out and go vote. So just another little PSA. Find your polling station, go out there, and voice your support for Colorado. But we're going to shift gears a little bit, and we're going to transition to local news. Give you something a little closer to home that's not quite election material. According to Saja Hindi of the Coloradan, the city of Fort Collins has started tracking the number of sexual harassment reports it receives after a Coloradan investigation revealed a lack of a unified system for tracking cases of harassment. 
According to a memo sent to city employees, there were 28 reported cases of harassment from January of 2013 to June of 2018, and 17 of those were considered workplace violations, six were confirmed, and two are currently under review. Chief of Human Resources Officer Teresa Roche states the city of Fort Collins is attempting to undergo a cultural change to empower victims to report and to know the options they have when confronted by assault. Quote, we continue to train our organization to challenge their assumptions around sexism, harassment, and standards of appropriate behavior so that we are always holding ourselves and others to a high standard of dignity and respect. End quote. Chris Watts, the Colorado man who murdered his wife and children earlier this year, has just taken a plea deal in his case earlier today, a few hours ago, reports CBS Denver. He was charged with the murder of his wife, Shanann, and the murder of his two daughters, Bella and Celeste. He was charged with unlawful termination of a pregnancy as Shanann's unborn child was also killed. However, with the acceptance of the plea deal, Watts will no longer face the death penalty. This is a case, personally, I've been following for a long time, and I am glad that he is getting charged for what he did. Yeah, well, that dude's just absolutely crazy. He kills his wife and, and kiddos and then effectively calls the police and tries to get them to help find the bodies when, lo and behold, this is the dude who did it. Yeah, it was Ugh, disgusting. Cold, cold stuff. Definitely, but... He is getting his justice, and we will continue to update as his charges and his case play out. Last Saturday, a white pickup truck crashed into two backyards near the Rocky Mountain High School, reports the Coloradoan. The truck went through a fence and into a detached shed, but did not hit any of the houses. When the Fort Collins police force arrived at the scene, they said they believed the driver was having a medical issue and took him for a medical evaluation. Some brick landscaping was damaged, but no residents were harmed from the crash. The medical condition of the driver has yet to be d determined. Jeez, imagine how terrifying that would be. Lo and behold, you're just sitting in your house, watching Netflix, mm. munching on some popcorn, and then boom, mm. truck flies in through your window. That would be horrible. Wow. I feel like crazy. that's definitely happened, like yeah. aside from this story. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely This is has. the worst Netflix and chill ever. Yeah, I know. For real. I'm glad I don't live on a main road. <laughs> <laughs> Governor Hickenlooper has signed an executive order advising the Colorado legislature to raise the age to purchase e-cigarettes, as well as directs regulators to increase checks to ensure the products are out of the hands of minors, reports the Associated Press. The order also recommends potentially banning a flavored tobacco and e-cigarettes. According to the state, roughly 27% of high school students use e-cigarettes like jewels or other vaping products. The governor has instructed the state's health department to investigate the relationship to vaping and other risky behavior. Man, that's just, that's so sad because, like, I can't imagine being in high school right now and, like, the only thing I want to do is rip my jewel <laughs> in the bathroom. And that's, like, a super big problem. There'll be, like, people they, – they, like, have to send, like, guards to the bathroom they to do. make sure kids yeah. aren't vaping. Well, they do. well, it's a thing, too. They are selling jewel pods like drugs now. Like it, oh, like <laughs> in schools? Yeah, like yeah. in the cafeteria. Oh, wow. Like you can go to the senior and he'll sell you a jewel <sighs> pod. The uh – the town in my or the high school in my hometown has put nicotine detectors in the bathrooms. I don't know how that works or how it like detect. I don't know, but is that just like a person who stands in the bathroom? <laughs> <or something? laughs> 
Y'all smoking. Stop that. <laughs> Stop, <laughs> Stop smoking in the boys' room. I smell the cool Molly mint coming from the... <laughs> <laughs> Who's got that creme brulee br- jewel pot? What you doing? Is that a real flavor? That is a yeah. real flavor. Is it? I don't, I don't I'm know. I'm sad that I know why. that, but yeah. Yeah, it is. Wow. I know, I it like is. That's the problem. Like, they just taste good, so like... <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's why... Uh, Governor Hickenlooper was sort of like, well, maybe the problem isn't necessarily the fact that it's like you can just do this wherever. It's yeah. it's the flavors yeah. and things like that. Like because like smoking that that's kind of like a boundary for some people that it doesn't taste good. So then that might encourage people to not do it once they've tried it. But this is like dessert. It's enticing. <laughs> like, that yeah. is true. Well, and with cigarettes, you cannot just walk into a public place or even uh, right. inside and light up a cigarette. Like you will be stopped and immediately. You can see smoke and Whereas a jewel the days. or a vape, you can hit that inside and no one will really notice. Yep. Right. It definitely makes it much easier. I also feel like that where it says roughly 27% of high school students use e-cigarettes. I feel like that much number is more. way higher. higher. It's much yeah. more well, than yeah, that. Yeah, cuz nobody's going to be like, "Oh yeah, I vape." I vape. I'm a vape lord. <laughs> Don't tell my mom. <laughs> yeah, Don't tell my mom. It's my flash drive, guys. Yeah, definitely. But it, I guess it's good that they're trying to put a stop to it because it really, it's everywhere. It's terrifying. It really, it really and, and, and is. we still don't really know any long-term effects from it because mm-hmm. it's like, hey, suddenly vaping's a thing. And it's like, oh, vaping is a thing. I know. Well, especially mm-hmm. it just got out of hand because it was supposed to be for stopping smoking. Right. And then now people who never smoked... Are vaping. starting yeah. vaping, and I feel like in a way it's almost like a reverse gateway to cigarettes because you're like, I try a vape, you're like, might as well try cigarettes yeah. now. I feel like a lot of people are starting with the jewels and the vapes, and then they move into uh, the real stuff. The real stuff, the hard <laughs> stuff, the hard stuff. Cigarettes. But, yes. So dun, dun, dun. well, don't vape, guys. Or yeah, Governor a, Hickenlooper will try to stop come you. For you. Second will, PSA today. Don't yes. smoke. Don't vape. Don't vape. Go vote. Donate for the DJ. <laughs> <laughs> but in national news, more facts are coming out about the deadly shooting at a Tallahassee yoga studio that occurred Friday evening. 40-year-old Scott Beerley opened fire at Hot Yoga Tallahassee, killing 61-year-old Dr. Nancy Van Vessem and 21-year-old Florida State student Mara Binkley. And Nancy Van Vessem was also in the doctorate program at Florida State. The gunman shot and killed himself shortly before cops arrived. Beerley was a teacher, although many of his students said he had a reputation for erratic, racist, and sexist behavior, frequently making female students uncomfortable. Police also found YouTube comments he made in 2014 detailing his anger with a woman who stood him up for a date, saying he could have, quote, ripped her head off. Police have not identified any connection between the shooter and the victims. There likely would have been more victims had it not been for the actions of Joshua Quick, who used a broom and a vacuum to hit the shooter, giving others in the room enough time to run out of the door. Others who were shot were taken to the hospital, and three have been released at this time. That's absolutely terrifying. I can't imagine going to like a yoga studio here, and lo and behold, something like that happens. It's, it's like... A very peaceful environment and then mm-hmm. next thing you know it's immediate high stress high fear yeah it is really disgusting but unfortunately it is something that we have to be aware of in this day and age and not that there's anything they could have done in that situation but it really is a possibility that you need to be aware of and you really need to be prepared in your mind for what you would do if that happened yeah my heart definitely goes out to those people and yes, those victims definitely definitely 
Well, bringing it back a little bit to the election, uh, the world is paying more attention to today's midterm elections than ever before. The last U.S. election was the 2016 presidential election, and many Democrats, independents, and Republicans alike will be watching anxiously tonight as the returns are reported. Countries such as China, who helped, excuse me, who hoped for a Trump election in 2016, are now pulling for a Democratic majority in the midterm elections, reports NPR. In Western Europe, many countries are paying close attention to the midterms because they are concerned that President Trump has turned his back on the transatlantic alliance. However, even if the Democrats do take back the House, Trump will still have a lot of clout when it comes to foreign policy. It is rare that the U.S. midterm elections get this much global attention, but there are plenty of reasons why the world is watching. They will provide foresights on the strength of the Trump administration. They will indicate the impact of the competitive attractiveness of U.S. democracy around the world, as well as indicate the impact that they have on populist and nationalist momentum globally, according to CNBC. Allies to the U.S. are worried that the American model of democracy is losing traction, which is prompting Chinese leaders to promote their state capitalist model as an alternative for developing and developed countries. So if you didn't need any more proof that this election matters, (laughs) it definitely does. It's a big one. Vote. (laughs) So I actually have a question for for y'all because I I asked it while I interviewed people online and they didn't really seem to have any ideas uh, too terribly much on it. Uh, But what do you think, what are the types of things that you wish you would have seen on the ballot? I know this is a little outside the scope of what happened, but I totally just remembered it and Mm. I was like, oh yeah, I want to ask this. If... Wait, sorry. Keep going. Yeah, so it's like, what types of things that are on the ballot do you think, eh, that's probably not that big of a deal? Or, like, what types of things would you have liked to have seen? Hmm. Well, I'm going to excuse myself from this because I voted uh, through an Illinois absentee ballot. Oh, so I can't, okay. I can't really comment on the Colorado. Well, yeah. I mean, I voted in California, and there was one about, like, daylight savings time. And I'm just like, why do we care that's about that? So, yeah, I wish there was, like... Kind of, I, I know also like here and in California, we focus a lot on environmental issues, which I think is important because like I'm very interested in that. And I think I have asthma and I would like the environment to be good so I can breathe. <laughs> <laughs> so like that's just personally an issue I care about. So I appreciated how much that was covered like throughout elections. It seems kind of nationwide. So that was one thing I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess for me, I wouldn't want to say there's anything I don't think should have been on the ballot because the things that I personally didn't feel were relevant are definitely relevant to other people. Um, I just didn't necessarily relate as much, especially stuff like the small business stuff. Like I do not own a business. So like personally it doesn't compare to me, but I still do think it's an important and worthwhile thing to have on the ballot. Another thing that I think would have been interesting and that came to me when I was thinking about the Chris Watts case is that in Colorado, if an unborn child is killed and this is not talking about abortion, but if they're killed by another person, it's not considered murder. So there's not an extra charge for the person that did that crime. Mm. And so that's why while Chris Watts was charged with unlawful termination of a pregnancy, he was not charged with four murders, just three murders. And I think, I don't even know which way it would really go, but it, it would definitely, it's a state by state thing. So it would be interesting to see what Colorado's thoughts would have been if that mm. was on the ballot. Very interesting. Uh, I think the one that I like is the least ridiculous. Well, it, I mean, it is ridiculous, but it's not the most like terrifying or, 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 or 
I suppose absurd is is the classification of industrial hemp. I'm curious as to what mm. Colorado. I was about I was that. wondering about that. Like, I didn't even realize this was a problem. And now I'm just super curious. Yeah, like, that one was strange to me, too. It seems kind of more like a technicality. But then again, I mean, for the people who probably work in that industry, I'm sure it is very, very important. Yeah. That was a total sidetracking, but <laughs> it's an additional reason for you to go vote. It is. It's a reason yep. for you to go vote. And if you would like to enlighten us on any amendments that you think you wanted to see on there or that you didn't think were important or anything like that, send us a text at 970-491-5278. Last Saturday, American gymnast Simone Biles won six medals at the Gymnastics World Championships, four of which were gold. She is now tied with Russian gymnast Svetlana Korikina for the most world medals and is the most decorated American gymnast, according to the Associated Press. Simone's success in Saturday's meet was a struggle as the night before qualifications, she was in the hospital due to a kidney stone. The stone was too large to pass, and since doping regulations prevented her from taking pain medicine, Simone just dealt with the pain throughout her performance. The pain did not stop her from winning gold in four events. Simone says she is confident for the upcoming year, but as of right now, she will visit doctors to treat her medical issues. I can't believe she did all that with a kidney stone. That's crazy. That's a I real can't champion. believe that they, I guess, she can't take pain it's because of like doping stuff i, I mean know, i get but it but like, it's just like a low-key inhumane that would be like such she's a an athlete they yeah. sustain injuries process. yeah maybe that should be on the ballot yeah <laughs> <laughs> athletes. can athletes take kidney stone medicine Pain medicine <laughs> yeah that actually is interesting but wow she is a badass for being able to do that i could not even get off the couch if Same. i had a kidney stone <laughs> so props props to simone I can't, I can't even get off the couch, so... Yeah, in general. <laughs> can't get off the couch in general. I know. That is awesome. And well, up next, we have that very special music segment we promised you. Mia, it's on Coco O, correct? Can you yes. give us a little uh, preview of what we can expect? Yeah, sure. Um, it's really sad. Basically, like Coco O, she is in two bands, but this year she's been re- releasing a lot of single, like solo music because she went through a breakup. And her emotion, she like gets out her emotions through music. So that's kind of a preview. All Very right. Awesome. And uh, I have one question for you to answer afterwards. Okay. Favorite instrument? Oh. On I'll this, think about uh, it. On this uh, album. All okay. right. Well, we have this Coco overview here only on 90.5 KCSU for Collins. is a musical artist from Denmark who is busy to say the least. She is focused on her own music this year as a heart-wrenching breakup inspired her to write, but she is also part of two bands. Coco has gained popularity from features on Tyler the Creator's album Wolf and the Great Gatsby soundtrack. However, her solo music is much more personal than her featured projects. With her soft vocals, meaningful lyrics, and calming guitar, you can tell Coco O's music comes from the heart. The song, 1,000 Times, gets its name from the seemingly endless revisions Coco made to the song. This song explains the start of Coco's realization of her failing relationship and represents her effort to fix it. She begs her lover to, quote, simply try your best to understand and promises herself to, quote, do anything to show you I care. Things I can't breathe and by now simply try. 
Coco O's efforts of saving the relationship were not successful as the song, A Minor Detail, shows. This song details Coco's resulting grief with her continuous questions throughout the song. She wonders when and why he stopped loving her, but arrives at no answer. The lyric, save your goodbye for someone not in love with you, shows the magnitude of Coco's grief. Save your goodbye for someone not in love with you. Bled for You expresses Coco's sorrowful acceptance of the ended relationship. She explains that since she is moral, she will let him go, but reminds him that she bled for him and is confused and heartbroken about the split. Coco realizes that their love is broken throughout this song. personal music displays her emotions in a way that deserves appreciation as these songs truly capture the feeling of heartache. From the Rocky Mountain Review, I'm Mia Sawaya and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. That was a review of Coco O here on the Rocky Mountain Review by our very own local reporter, Mia Sawaya. I'm so sad now. Yeah, sorry. It was really sad. No, I loved it, though. It was so chill. It was really pretty. It was good. Very pretty. Very Jose Gonzalez vibes, especially with the guitar. Yes. All right. What was your favorite instrument? Yeah. So there's, like, pretty much two instruments um, (laughs) on the songs, which is piano and guitar. But if I had to choose one, I'd choose the guitar. Because I think it was a little bit more highlighted than the piano. Yeah. I dug it. I dug it. Thank you dug for that, it. Mia. No problem. And just another reminder, we've been covering the election here on The Review all day to go vote. Because we just found out some very interesting information over the break. Wait, That's wait, true. my Emily, co-host. Have you voted? I have voted. I voted two weeks ago. Same. JD, have you voted? Yeah. Have you voted, JD? JD have you voted yet? I'm going to. Oh yeah, JD, our own co-host, has I'm, not voted yet. I know it's important. But I'm busy. And I finally have the time know, after the show go to go vote. vote. At least you're making that effort. It's an important uh, reminder that I'm, there's still two hours yes, to go do it. There are still two hours. Hope if is not lost. If you procrastinate like me, you can still make You can a still vote. Don't be a JD. Get your butt to the polls. I think I'm <laughs> quite wonderful. You can be like me if you want to. <laughs> you can be like JD as long as... JD goes and votes right after the show. <laughs> that is that is what I plan on doing. But I know what everybody else has been waiting for, and I know what I have been waiting for since the beginning of the show, the beginning of every show. 
all the time. Oh, see, Katie already knows. So excited. I'm donning my meteorological <laughs> hat to tell you the things you need to know. Today was a little bit chilly, a high of 50 degrees, but you already know that you've been out and about feeling the weather on this fine election day. But tomorrow, prep yourself because the chill factor drops <gasps> another nine degrees. Oh. With a high of 41, you're going to want to bundle up because we're starting to get in that season where it's a tit bit chilly all the time. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It's it's the For... winter weather season. <laughs> yeah. Thursday is going to be about the same, honestly. So I'm 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 not even going to dive in. But so it's, it's officially and, and cold stuff. forever yeah, now. It's uh it'll be the cold season. Uh, I I think in the foreseeable future there's snow, Ooh. ominous music playing. I wish we still had that the, the the ice. ice. Yeah. yeah, I wish oh, we still yes. had the ice sound. We need to just have that as a bed. We really do. For our listeners Surprise who don't know. Uh, CSU went and dumped some microphones in Arctic ice, and it makes this terrifying sound. Ice makes terrifying noise. Can you demonstrate it? Do you think? Here's his impression. <laughs> that is kind of what the ice sounds like. Yeah, but so thanks to our lovely CSU science department, that's what ice sounds like. And JD's beautiful vocal cords. I yeah, I I aim to replicate what's been oot in a boot. Oot in a boot. <laughs> And on that note, I think we are going to close out the show and take a long break, but you can keep that dial locked until we come back on Thursday to deliver you all your extra local, national, and everything in between news. Yes, we'll be, we'll be here Thursday at 4, and we will definitely be talking about the election results. So tune in for that. We want to say thank you to our reporters, Katie Otter, Mia Sawaya, as well as our interviewees, Gina McCracken, and... And Tony Galliardi for their input on the election. As well as everybody who commented, uh, well, uh, waiting to vote. I, I appreciate getting that feedback. Definitely, and definitely. I want to thank you, the hostess with the mostest, oh, Emily Moshak. And I wanted to thank JD, who's going to go vote. <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so, yeah, I had to throw it in one more time. It was important, guys. Go vote. Go vote. And last little plug. Also, please consider donating, if you have the means to, to our KCSU DJ-a-thon, which helps us keep content like the Rocky Mountain Review on the air. And you can do that by giving us a call at 970-491-5278 or going to kcsufm.com slash donate. And if you do that, you'll not only have our internal love and affection, but you will also get a free download link to our exclusive KCSU Live Mastered Mixed in-studio CD. It'll be the next hit at your party. Definitely. And with that, we're signing off until Thursday at 4. We'll leave you back with our lovely music that we have here on KCSU. It's Warlord by What So Not.